Welcome to GeekGab on the Books. I'm Brian Niemeyer.com. And joining me today is very special guest author Howie K. Bentley, the sword and sorcery genre author of works such as Under a Dim Blue Sun. And we've got links to his uh, body of work in the show notes at ikbentley.com. Uh, and you really need to take the time to click on that and take a look at the cover of this book. The, the subtitle is, He Hijacked a Nazi UFO and Landed on a Planet Threatened by Snake Men. And just like it says on the tin, that, that is what you get. And it's fantastic. So I would like to give a warm welcome to Howie today and to everyone listening at home. So Howie, how are you doing? Fine, yourself? Busy, staying busy, but uh, that that's excellent. You know, I've got a lot of writing work to do. Couldn't be happier with it. How about, uh, how about you? What's on your plate right now? Um, right now, just um, taking a little break, actually, from uh, doing some writing because I've done so much of it. I... Um, lived in the metro Atlanta area and I moved up here in the mountain, into the mountains of uh, southeastern Kentucky just to concentrate on writing for a year. And uh, I wrote Under a Dim Blue Sun and a, and a bunch of um, short fiction, which is mostly sword and sorcery. Uh, Under a Dim Blue Sun being sword and planner or inter interplanetary adventure. Um, but uh, I've written so much that I'm kind of just taking a little break and then I'm going to go back to it. I have several um, synopsises for um, novels, short stories, and so on, and I plan to get back to that soon. Excellent. Now, you mentioned that Under the Blue Sun is classified as Sword and Planet. So, for the folks listening out there, can you give your definitions of Sword and Sorcery, Sword and Planet, you know, what distinguishes them as subgenres of sci-fi and fantasy, and then what, what the difference would be between those and just general science fantasy? Well, the sword and sorcery, uh, to me, is m just male-oriented oriented speculative fiction with elements of sword play and sorcery. The sorcery is generally of a malevolent nature. Um, the hero is usually has his own moral code, and there's an, el there's an element of moral ambiguity uh, present and that it is, it's somewhat harder to see a definite distinction between good and evil, uh, even in the hero or anti-hero or whatever you want to call him. And I would uh, cite examples of this being um, Michael Moorcock's Elric Tales as well as uh, Carl Edward Wagner's Kane stories. Those are really pronounced the, the chaotic behavior or the, uh, like I said, moral ambiguity there. And even in Robert E. Howard, Robert E. Howard, to me, invented uh, sword and sorcery. And even in his Conan stories, you have a hero who's pretty much just a murderer, a thief, and a rogue. He seems to always blunder into circumstances that put him in a situation where doing the right thing happens to coincide with his own survival, which to me is really what the whole theme of the sword and sorcery tale seems to be about in the first place, is the hero's fighting really just to save his own hide, further his own agenda, and then um, and often, often vengeance uh, drives the plot as well. Um, as far, I'm, I'm sorry, that was a long answer. Did you want to say something else before I go into Sword and Planet? 
No, I mean, I think you hit it out of the park, and the point of the show is to make the guest look good. So, okay. <laughs> All right. Please continue. Okay, well, the Sword and Planet, um, to me, that um, is, I think, one of the biggest influences on Sword and Sorcery has been Edgar Rice Burroughs, because it was my understanding that Robert E. Howard had more of Edgar Rice Burroughs' books on his shelf than any other author. And specifically, what I think, this the fighting man thing that, you know, in your lessons of Red Howard, you, you see that constantly in there. And that was present in Burroughs as well. And it's just fast paced, um, male oriented, testosterone driven adventure. And really, the only big difference I see in the sword and planet and sword and sorcery story is in the sword and planet basically you traded the sorcery for super science there's still a lot of you know sword play and that sort of thing going and ray gun battles too depending on who you read oh, yeah all right now would you classify both of those under science fantasy or what would you say that that's more the the sword and planet science fantasy i would say is more the sword and planet because the sword and sorcery you bring in these supernatural or metaphysical elements right yeah i really can't find anything in your definitions to disagree with i think that's a handy primer for anyone listening at home might want to pick one of these up and yeah you just you can't go wrong with edgar rice burroughs Daddy Warpig, our Geekab Prime host, recently wrote an article for Castile House blog about writing clear prose that the, the average person can easily read and understand, you know, not trying to be too flowery, not trying to be too cute or too clever. Right. And, um, yeah, a commenter pointed out that, yeah, Edgar Rice Burroughs is just the epitome of that style of writing. It's just uh, page-turning stuff. It's um, so action-packed that when I used to read that, I couldn't put it aside. Yeah, and that's the name of the game. Um, so has your own writing style? I think so to a degree, yes. Uh, I haven't consciously thought about what about Burroughs has influenced me. It's just sort of just a natural thing. Right, just uh, kind of percolates through and then just comes through when you're writing. Exactly. Yeah, I know how that is. Do you have a, a conscious approach to your prose? Or do you just more fly by the seat of your pants? Um, well, depends on what you mean by seat of my pants. I don't really have, I don't have a conscious approach to it and that I'm saying that it has to have this, this, and this mm -hmm. to the point where it's it's so structured that I don't want to write it. Um, I would say, I mean, that's the best answer I could give there. No, that's a great answer. I can totally understand what you're talking about because on the one hand, it's possible to just get lost in the weeds and just kind of, go off on every branching path the story takes you and get lost. On the other, 
it's possible to impose too much structure on it to the point where the, the narrative just, just feels artificial and, and sterile and, and lifeless, you know, like a, you're reading an encyclopedia entry rather than a story. Right. And then I don't want to write it. I do write, I mean, if, if you mean by a little more structured, I do write an outline for everything and, or at least have a detailed synopsis and some notes before I start writing the story out. But I mean, even with a short story that tends to change halfway through or three quarters of the way through some of the things like, you know, maybe there'll be some different things in the ending or whatever. Right. Yeah. I find that, um, I'm about, 70% outlining and then about 30% discovery writing in the final product for my novels because just, you know, Murphy's law takes effect, the best laid plans and whatnot, but you've always got to leave yourself open to that flexibility of just having an idea pop up that you didn't necessarily expect. Yeah, totally. I agree. And yeah. And don't you normally find that it's, it's profitable to, kind of take a moment to explore that and go off the beaten path for a minute. Yeah, definitely. All right. Well, sounds like great minds think alike. So can you walk us through your publication history, how, how you got started and why you chose to write in the sword and sorcery genre? <clears throat> well, years ago, I, um, I'm, have a heavy metal band. I'm the guitar player and the founder. I write all the music, all the lyrics, all the vocal melodies for a heavy metal band called Cauldron Born. And um, I got started with um, a gentleman in Chicago named Dave Ritzlin, who had uh, started this publishing company. He was uh, DMR Books, and he was going to do this uh, or did this um, series of books written by heavy metal musicians or anthologies dealing with sword and sorcery and weird fiction. And uh, he had asked me if I would be interested in writing a story. I had mentioned in some interviews years ago, I had, when I disbanded Calderon Moore in 2003, the first time, I had uh, stopped playing guitar outside of giving guitar lessons, which I taught guitar lessons, and I still do. Uh, but at the time, I was teaching guitar lessons five or six days a week. And um, with that, I was... Um, uh, I was, when I stopped playing guitar, I was, it was really irritating me. I didn't have a creative outlet. And so I took a shot at writing some stories because I've always been a fan of, you know, sword and sorcery, sword and planet, weird fiction, whatever you want to, whatever, however you want to say it. And uh, I'd written a story, I'd written a few stories and I, I didn't know what I was doing and I didn't think they were very good, but I mentioned there was one story that was pretty decent and, um, I'd put that aside and I'd gotten back into music, but I'd mentioned that in an interview that I'd written that story. And I don't know if David read it or some other people had read it and told Dave about it. And he was doing this book and uh, he had asked me if I would like to contribute a story. And I showed him the story and that story was called all will be righted on Samhain. And it involves the, uh, my mascot for the Calderon born album covers. His name is Thorn after the um, Armenon rune Thorn, the third uh, rune in the 18 rune row, mm. which is a martial rune that represents Thor's hammer. Okay. And this is a character. This character is named Thorn. He's the, um, the rune incarnate. 
and he is summoned by an invocation to the ring. And anyway, so I started writing stories about Thorne, and there were a handful of those. Uh, like I said, all will be written on Samhain in the first volume of Swords of Steel. Then there's uh, Guardian of the Rune Dagger and Devil's Armory that was published by um, Horrified Press. Uh, it was an anthology about magical weapons. And then there was Barbarian Crowns, which contained my story, The Mask of the God Hunter. It's also about, all these stories are about Thorn. And then the last published story I wrote about Thorn was in Swords of Steel, Volume 2. It's called The Heart of the Betrayer. And in that story, I introduced a new character named Argentir Fenris, who is a barbarian king who transforms into a werewolf. So they're both in uh, that novelette, uh, The Heart of the Betrayer. And uh, from there, you know, I've just been writing stories about these characters and uh, just kind of took off unexpectedly. I never <laughs> intended to really be a writer. Well, there, there's a saying that um, you don't really choose writing it. It chooses you because the advice I give people is, uh, you know, when they ask, how do I know if I've got what it takes to be a professional writer? My question is, can you stop? <laughs> like, if you can not write, then don't. Go go do something else. Right. right. Like, I totally understand. Or just, <laughs> yeah, you, you understand. Um, yeah. But yeah, we, we can't. We're stuck here entertaining you. And if folks want to be entertained by your masculine tales of sword and sorcery adventure, they can find them at your website, howiekbentley.com, linked below, correct? Uh, it's howiebentley.com. It's howiebentley, okay. Mm -hmm. Let me make sure I've got it right. Okay, yes, I do have the right link. So you guys can find Howie's website in the show notes and go check out those awesome stories for a very underserved market. Because wouldn't you say that uh, like men's fiction and just... Um, fictional stories of, of men's interest are sorely lacking in traditional publishing nowadays. I think so. And I don't know if it's because there aren't that many men reading fiction, uh, who, or at least who want this kind of thing, or with the whole sword and sorcery thing, it seems to me, you know, I look at these groups, these forums and these groups on Facebook and whatnot, and all of these are populated by writers. And I'm wondering if there's any audience for sword and sorcery outside of other writers. I guess we're all just maybe uh, reading each other's stuff, buying each other's books. I don't know. Maybe there is. Maybe I, I don't know the I don't know the answer. That's just speculation on my part. Well, we've had other authors on on the books and Geek Gab Prime, like Sky Hernstrom, and then also we've had Dr. Sova editor, B. Alexander, and they seem to be doing okay and finding an audience with Howard type and Burroughs type fiction. And I think, another, yeah, I think another factor is if you look at uh, Publishers Weekly surveys of traditional publishing house employees, they're like 80% women, and it just stands to reason that you know you you write what you like and you also tend to edit and publish 
what you like so that the tastes of the publishing house employees tend to differ from those of a traditionally male audience. So it seems that men have largely gone off, drifted away from science fiction where they used to dominate and into, well, away from print science fiction and get their science fiction fix and sword and sorcery fix more from video games or uh, tabletop pen and paper role-playing games. So they're out there. I'm glad they're guys like you drawing them back in. I'm trying to draw them back in. And even my stuff, uh, it, it's hard to categorize, but there's definitely some sword and planet, sword and sorcery influence in there. Because, I mean, you've got space pirates having sword battles, like, against ancient priests who've been trapped in hell for a thousand years, right? That sounds great. Oh, thanks, man. Uh, your stuff sounds great, too. Um, you can also No, no problem. Uh, just a reminder to listeners, you can also check out my stuff, uh, the award-winning Soul Cycle, including 2017 Dragon Award nominee for Best Science Fiction Novel, The Secret Kings, at the links below. Uh, as of this broadcast, there are only two days left to get my whole series for less than nine bucks. So go ahead, jump in there. And also, uh, I've got a novella, The Hymn of the Pearl, which is more a straight high fantasy set in a pseudo Greco-Roman late antiquity world. That sounds also, awesome as well. Yeah, well, I'd love to get your feedback if you check that out. and uh, I will. I'll have, to, I'll have to review your stories, especially under Dim Blue's Sun. I'd also like to remind listeners that uh, Dragon Award season is right around the corner. According to the website, you have until August 28th, that's uh, this upcoming Monday, to register for free ballot, and voting closes on Tuesday the 29th. Now, I did hear that uh, four folks who had voted for authors who have since withdrawn, they're extending that to Saturday the 2nd, but uh, vote early, vote often. You'll find a link to register for free ballot below. Now, before we close down shop, Howie, did you have any last messages to our listeners? Did you have anything else you'd like to promote? Did you have anything you'd like to get off your chest? Um, no, I think we pretty much uh, covered everything there that, uh, that we had discussed before. And uh, I appreciate you having me on your show. And it's certainly been a pleasure. And um, thank you very much for, for doing this sort of thing. You're welcome. Oh, th there was one thing. Do you have one piece of specific writing advice to help aspiring authors out there improve their craft? <sighs> to improve their craft? It's, it's really just doing it. Sitting in a chair, making yourself sit down for whatever allotted time you spend set for yourself and, and writing, just write and keep writing. I'll second that. You've got to make time for your muse. You've, you've got to just carve out a chunk of time every day to sit down and just stare at a blank screen if you have to until the words come. Exactly. Um, yeah. I'll, Go ahead. Yeah, I'll add one. No, no, you're fine. I just want to add one more piece of uh, more nuts and bolts pros advice because you know I, I am more structured more the outliner that that's my thing what i'd say is when it comes to writing action scenes especially bro style howard style 
fast-paced page turning action. One of the things I see as an editor is authors getting carried away using adjectives and adverbs, especially L-Y adverbs to, to try to spice up the prose. And it's actually counterproductive in most cases. What you want to focus on is using strong nouns and verbs instead of like adjective plus weaker noun or adverb plus weaker verb, right? So, you know, in, instead of, of saying, you know, like, um, he hit him swiftly with a sword, it's like he slashed at his midsection. You know, it's more concise. It carries more emotional impact. More it's, excitement. It's, more excitement, exactly. And it's, it's more pulp-style writing. So there you go. This has been GeekGab on the Books with author Howie K. Bentley talking about sword and sorcery. If you like what you heard, you can subscribe to the show by clicking on the link below. And remember, YouTube makes you click on the little bell icon to double secret subscribe so you will get the email notifications. So for GeekGab, I'm Brian Niemeyer reminding you to keep reading.